In Lingua Podcast Live from Dessau is broadcast from Middle Deutschland and features all things languages. The show is hosted by our teachers, presenting students and guests from all walks of language learning experiences. Hey, Undina, how you doing? Hi, Scott. I'm doing fine. How are yeah? you? Thanks for coming in. Yeah, no problem. Really appreciate it. So, Undina, before we start talking about whatever we're going to talk about, could you tell us the origins of your name? Yes, of course. Um, it's kind of simple because my parents were just searching for something related to the water because um, they both um, grown up at the sea. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, in the GDR, they went to sea and uh, met, e met each other on board. Okay. So, um, yeah, they just wanted to uh, find a name for their child, um, which represents um, their connection to the water. And Undine means um, something like mermaid or little wave, or also um, water goblin. Okay, water. I like water. <laughs> Actually, water goblin? That's, you look like a little water goblin. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you will say mermaid, but okay. <laughs> so wait, your parents met on a boat? Yes. What kind of boat? Um, how do you describe it? It was uh, like a carrier uh, in the GDR. Okay. And also um, for... Um, was it a sailboat or a motorboat? It's more motorboat. Okay. Um, yeah, carrier and for yeah people who were allowed to travel um, or had the privilege to travel in the GDR. Okay, so, so this was they went on, they met on like they were going on vacation. No, they worked there. My mother ah. was a stewardess, ah. and my uh, father was an electrician. Okay. On the boat, so they went all over the world. Yeah, <laughs> they went all over the world. Um, yeah, they've uh, seen um, Asia. They have seen uh, America. Actually, they've been in India. So. So there's a cruise ship. Kind of that, but also carrier. So it's uh, it was not common to cruise around the world uh, how, in GDR times. So. How many people could fit on that boat? I don't know. Hundreds. I don't think so. So it was not actually for 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 cruising. It was for a carrier. So um, what it is in English? What um, is the difference in a yeah? You're, okay, you're saying carrier? Yeah. To. Um, well, people slept on the boat. The people who were working there, yeah. But uh, actually, they had to um, dispatch um, products from one end of the world to the other. Cargo ships. So cargo ships. <gasps> yeah, that is the word. Ah. Carrier. <laughs> Wait, so your father was an electrician on a cargo ship? Yes. And your mother was a... Stewardess. Okay. Yeah, on the cargo ship. So she was, her, she was whatever service... So, yeah, serving... Um, okay. Like doing, food? serving the food. Food stuff. Yeah. Okay. For the crew. Okay, fascinating. <laughs> so they, that's how they met, and then they fell in love, and then they had a little water goblin. Yeah. <laughs> so, Undina, what is it? It's not German. Um, or is it? Could be. So there are um, roots of um, old German mm -hmm. with this name. It's also um, the possibility to trace it back to Italian oh. or um, Hebraic. Yeah, Hebrew. Yeah, Hebrew. Hebraic. Yeah, yeah Hebraic. Yeah. Okay. So. Do you know, have you ever met another Antina? Yes, actually I've known, uh, I know a lot of... Um, girls and women <laughs> having really? this name yeah in in my hometown there are two other girls mm -hmm. with this name mm -hmm. and i also know somebody in um airford so in the um sailing club society where we are um yeah sailing and training so okay there are two other women i know so like the size of a cargo ship that just blocked the suez canal for like it seven was not days? such big <laughs> But oh. kind of that, yeah. And their destinations were all over the world? Yes. Okay. After you were born? No, before. 
It was in okay. GDR times. Okay. So okay. everything before That's 1990. Fascinating. So wait, what year were you born? Huh? What year were you born? Uh, 1991. Okay. Okay, so right when, what, the, the Soviet Union collapsed in 1989, right? Paris yeah. struck in 1989. So did your father change profession, professions? Yes, they had to. Okay. Because um, this, um, what is it in, in the cruise line um, was not existing anymore. The cargo, the cargo the company? Cargo line, yeah, or the cargo company. And um, he uh, became a um, policeman mm -hmm. on the water, okay. so water policeman. And my mother uh, changed to, um, yeah, optica. So um, she okay. sells uh, glasses. Glasses. Yeah. So your family has always had this love affair with the water. Yes. Okay. When your father and mother were working on the cargo ship, <laughs> when they were back home, were they also on the water? Were they, is that where, where did the, where did, okay, for the audience members, uh, Undina is a competitive sailor. Yeah, yeah? that's right. You have a, a team, you have a boat. Yeah, actually, you. my team is my father. So okay. my father and I are sailing together on competitions. So was he, when he was working on the boat, was he also sailing in his free time? Yes. Okay, so he's always had a love affair with the water. Yes. Okay, and this is where, is this where your love affair comes from? Yes, because he is a sailing instructor in our sports club. Uh -huh. And um, yeah, so I've been raised up um, on the boat, actually, because mm -hmm. um, the first time I went with them were where I was a baby of a few weeks. Mm -hmm. So, and um, we've always been on vacation on the boat. Okay. So, on a sailing boat. Okay. And I started um, to sail with my own boat uh, on an age of six. Okay. Like a one seater. Yes. Okay. Did you need a license for that? <sighs> there is a license, but you uh, do not necessarily need it. Okay. So, um, we all did this exam, um, but it's just for yeah, seeing the kids being happy to have something in their hand. Okay. And um, there are some competitions where you have to prove that you have these kind of license, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not necessary. Okay, so at, at six years old, you were soloing, basically. Yes. In lakes or in... Like big lakes, rivers, like what kind of bodies of water are we talking about? Um, like the Baltic, the Baltic Sea. Yeah, Baltic Sea um, okay. also. So, but it's more um, Stettinerhaf. It's connected to the Baltic Sea, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, something between a lake and, and Baltic like Sea. Channels or waterways. That's vocabulary. Yeah, that it's I'm a not little bit bigger. Okay. Yeah. So they empty into the Baltic Sea. Yes. Like small rivers. Rivers, tributaries. Es ist ein Binnengewässer, ja, ein Brackwasser, sagt man, aber okay. ich weiß nicht. I don't know what is in English. Like, yeah. I mean, I've been on a sailboat before, but I'm not a licensed sailor. Um, okay, so you grew up on the water. Your English is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. So where did you learn English? Um, I already started in grammar school, so um, actually I remembering that we had a, a hand puppet. Mm -hmm. It was a, a black raven called Cookie, okay. and um, he was uh, always asking for our names, how our day was, and simple things like um, the colors or animals we pets we are having at home. So um, yeah, that was how it started all. Okay, when did you start? When was your first English class? Yeah, in grammar school, I in think, school. second second class. Okay, so, so second Seven grade. to eight years. Okay. And you had a, the teacher had a puppet show? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's really good. To so keep the students interested yeah. and, like, excited. Yeah. Okay. Did you like English from the very beginning? Yes. I, I was very interested, and um, when I... Um, came into high school. Mm -hmm. I also recognized that it um, became, well, yeah, became more and more important because um, you recognize it in the advertising, in the daily language. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I was aware of um, 
language English okay. all the time. So. Since your parents had traveled the world, did they speak English? They did speak English, but not so well, because in their school system it was not um, the first um, foreign language. Mm -hmm. It was Russian, okay. of course. Yeah. And um, yeah, I also had Russian at school. Okay. So where the, we started in the sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. How's your Russian today? Oh, I lost a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really good, and I um, also wanted to make my A-level in Russian, but mm -hmm. um, after the 10th grade, we didn't uh, have um, enough classmates which wanted to yeah, follow Okay, to, to continue the, the course. Yeah, so we okay. didn't get a course okay. yeah, together. So what helped you learn English the most? What, was, what were some of the resources that you used to um, improve your language skills? Actually, I read a lot of um, books okay. in English. What kind so of books? Um, like fantasy or um, crime, mm -hmm. thrillers, or something um, very exciting and Was that part of, the, part of the homework or is this outside? You're doing this on your own? Um, we had have homework um, with special books, but um, I read books additionally, okay. and I'm still doing. Okay. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Um, I'm reading James Patterson, um, the Alex Cross series. Ah, so James Patterson. He's yeah. a popular author. Yeah. Nonfiction. No, fiction. He's a fiction author. It's fiction, and it's yeah, crime fiction. Okay. Yeah. And I think some of his movies have, some of his books have been adapted into movies, I think. Or is that John? I'm who am I thinking of? I'm not sure if he is behind the um, Castle series. Okay. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Richard Castle. I'm trying to think. Who's that? Like other detective guy? and a journalist working together on special cases, homicide cases. Okay. So. Are you into crime stories? Um, in the part of um, English mm -hmm. watching TV and mm -hmm. English reading, it is something which is yeah mm -hmm. going it's along. So pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So when, what did you do after you finished high school? Um, I was involved in a dual education system. So it means um, to do an apprenticeship mm -hmm. as a technical draftswoman in that case mm -hmm. and um, studies at the same time. Okay. And I decided to study naval architecture actually. Okay. Yeah. Naval architecture. Yes. What is that, what is that about? Um, it's, um, yeah, simply it is shipbuilding. Mm -hmm. And um, we, or my yard I was working for, was building, um, or is still building, cruise ships. Okay. <laughs> like cruise ships, like? Like AIDA, uh, for example, okay. or for celebrity cruises, or okay. Disney cruise lines. Okay. Is that in Hamburg? No, Papenburg. Papenburg. Yeah. Okay. Hamburg is also, is that also like the home of shipbuilding? Because it's a big port city? I can't uh, say that because I studied in Bremen. Okay. And there's actually a competition between Bremen and Hamburg. Okay. <laughs> so in Papenburg, you did your apprenticeship in naval architecture? I did the apprenticeship as technical draftswoman. Technical draftswoman. Yeah. So learning how to design ships. And uh, make the drawings, yeah. Okay. Where you build them from. And how to design and um, build ships at the end, it was in the studies, in the naval architecture studies. And that lasted for three years? No, altogether it was four and a half years. So one year of practice on uh. the yard, working um, down in the halls, um, was it, Schweißen? Burning? Um, welding. Oh, oh yeah, welding. Yeah. yeah. So down the halls, welding oh, and. Like repairing. Um, <coughs> it's like not. It's not repairing. Building. It's just, yeah, actually building. Dude, you were welding. Yes, I've also done welding and awesome. yeah, That's so some cool. of this uh, stuff and um, yeah, one year of practice uh -huh. at the yard mm -hmm. and then um, I switched to um, the uh, University of Applied Sciences in mm -hmm. Bremen okay. for studies naval architecture. Uh -huh. And usually when the others uh, went on vacation, we got back to the yard uh, working there for our apprenticeship and yeah. Okay. Doing the practice and the theory together. Fantastic. Yeah. So you finished that opportunity in four and a half years. Yes, all together. So, so we had the um, exam for the apprenticeship mm -hmm. and at the end I get the um, Bachelor of 
engineering and naval architecture. Okay. And you're living in Papenburg? I was living half the time in Papenburg and the other time I'm doing the studies in Bremen. And Bremen is, I, I know where it is, but can you tell us where it is? Is it in West Germany? It's West Germany, yes. Okay. And yeah, in the north, northwest of Germany. Okay. That's pretty fascinating. How many students were in your program? Oh, it's a few years ago. <laughs> How many students? So um, in the program at the yard for this dual education system, we have been two, uh, one boy and a girl for shipbuilding or mm -hmm. naval architecture mm -hmm. and two for um, machine engineering. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when you're learning how to design ships, yeah. is the teacher also an architect? Like a shipbuilder or a ship architect? I, I don't, this is something that's out of my, like, I don't um, know anything about anything about this. So for the different courses, there are different teachers, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, so some of them are only, only, um, mathematics mm -hmm. and we also have somebody for um, hydromechanics and we had somebody for structures so um, yeah it's, it's a mix okay at the end what was the most challenging uh, what was the most challenging part of that internship program um, that you do not have so much vacation as the others mm -hmm. because we've been included in the same studies like um, yeah, the other normal ones mm -hmm. without an um, um, agreement with the yard. Mm -hmm. So we needed to do the homework, which was actually for the vacation time, um, besides our work at the yard. Okay. So you're, it's, it's just a lot of work. Yes. Okay. And if you if you had chosen the path of the university and you wanted to still study in the same area, mm -hmm. what would you have studied? Just the theoretical part of building a ship? Mm. How, how do you mean that? Like so. We have just studied the normal way without an apprenticeship? Right. Like, what would you have studied? If you wanted to go into the same area? It would have been the same courses because it's a, it's a Finnish program, uh -huh. a study program, okay. because it's a University of Applied Sciences. Right. So when you finish, you have an internship, like, diploma and a university diploma yes or is it both so, so the first one is an apprenticeship mm -hmm. so it's um facharbeiter it is in germany i don't know how it is in um no idea you can go to work with that so you are so you're accredited you're yeah qualified. yeah, it's uh, yeah a qualification. you qualified uh, okay. qualification for oh. this special um business okay yeah. okay and additionally you have the um, bachelor of engineering mm-hmm Okay, so you finished the internship program. What do you do after that? Um, so inside this internship program, I also went uh, one semester abroad to Finland. Okay. And for that, I um, needed the English-speaking part as well, of course, because it was all in English. Mm -hmm. And usually all the things at um, or on the art are um, bilingual as well. So you have drawings in German and English mm -hmm. due to the sub-suppliers or, for example, for the end customers. Okay. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, so all the time it has been um, English and German. Okay, so in Finland you're continuing the, what Studies. are you doing? Yeah, what are you, okay. Yeah, it was a semester award, so I had their um, courses in English uh -huh. um, for my... Um, studies, naval architecture. For example, what kind of courses? Um, for example, I had risk management. It was a very interesting course. Okay. And I had also um, um, kind of structure course. Um, it's called Finite Elemente, Finite Elements. Okay. Um, yeah, it's for, for um, what kind of stresses do we have in certain um, parts of a ship, for example, or okay. in, in certain constructions. Okay. So all about shipbuilding. Yes. Okay. Fascinating. That's amazing. This is something that I never even think about. Like, 
Cool. I, I, I also bought um, the River Cruise vessels, which are coming to the port here in Dessau on the, on the Elbe. Okay, you designed the River Cruisers? Yes, I've been part of the project team um, when I was working on the yard in Rostock. Mm -hmm. um, it was um, a part of my um, yeah, bachelor thesis. Okay, <laughs> so those are barges? Because they're, they're, you navigate those in rivers? Are they, are they barges? What is barges? It's a barge is like something that carries cargo, but it's the design is a little bit different. And yeah, it's like it's a cruise ship for rivers, actually. Okay. So you can go on vacation on that. Oh, okay. So these are the things. Okay, so these on the rivers. Okay, you sleep in these. Huh? You sleep in these. Yes. Okay. So and they're not. You barges. can dine there. And okay. Uh, so you had a hand in designing. Yes, so I was the uh, drawing the general arrangement plans. Okay. So, when you, so you can, could see where um, where is what located on the decks. Mm -hmm. Where can you find the restaurant? Where can you find the cabins? Where mm -hmm. can you find the bathrooms, for okay. example? So everything put it together was on the general arrangement plan. I was doing these or the fire and safety plans, for example. Mm -hmm. So where you look, um, okay, where are the, the exits and... Um, where do I have to go when, yeah, an emergency call okay. comes around? This and you said you were working in Rostock. Yes. So this is your first job. Um, the After yard, Papenburg, mm -hmm. and the yard in um, Rostock are one company. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So after you finished your studies, okay, you come back. Okay, you when do you go to Finland? In the third the year, fourth year. In the fourth year, okay. actually. So you almost completed your studies. Yes. Okay, so you come back, you graduate. Um, then I had a praxis um, semester mm -hmm. on the yard in Rostock. So I worked there mm -hmm. and had to do some um, yeah, home paperwork okay. for this um, time. Okay. And then I um, yeah, did my bachelor thesis on the yard as well okay. in Rostock. And then I worked there in the design department. Designing river cruisers. Yes. So, fantastic. Where are they? Where, are they also built in Rostock? Yes. Okay. So you're. Are you also working on on the build side of that, or just the design side of that? Design side of that. Okay, but you do have building experience because you said you had welding experience. Yes. As well. In the first year on the yard. That's so cool. We've all included um, in the. Yeah, practice work. So, okay. and that was something what um, helped me even for the studies because um, you've seen these things before mm -hmm. we're talking about in theory, and you've connected the theory with the practice. I mean, do you think that is why this apprenticeship program, this internship program that Gen that that Germany has, is so attractive? Because it's such, you get such a well-rounded Yes, for me it education. was very attractive and I uh, would ever choose it again because of this um, combination. Okay. But at the end it is a lot of work and a lot of workload. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Do you think it's more popular for the people that come from the part of the country that, you, that you're from? Like you're from the north east. east. So are more young people interested in this particular opportunity? Because they grow up near the water. Yeah, there there could be a connection, but um, we had also a lot of people from the south of Germany, okay, which decided to become a shipbuilder. So, was your father proud when you decided to go that way, or your mother? I just your parents. Not I shouldn't say your father. Were your parents <laughs> proud? <laughs> They were proud, but um, I think they wished that I had a plan B. Okay. If it not was going to work. What would have been your plan B? I didn't have a plan B. Okay. So <laughs> because I, I was sure it will, it will go. <laughs> okay. It will go good. All right. So you finished, you finished the apprenticeship program in what year? What was it? It was... So the apprenticeship was um, finished in 2013, uh -huh. and the studies were finished in um, 2014. 2014. What comes next? I moved to Dessau. 
Ah, okay. To move in with my boyfriend. And yeah, and then I started to um, work as a sales woman <laughs> for... Sales representative? Yeah, sales representative mm -hmm. um, for... Oh, that's hard. Um, electric generators and motors for the shipbuilding industry. Okay. So you're still involved in the shipbuilding industry in some capacity? Yes. Okay. That was for one year, and then I changed again mm -hmm. to an um, yeah, international company um, with headquarters in America, um, and now I'm working as a supplier manager. Okay. So can we talk about that real quick? Yes, of course. All right. So what kind of a, what kind of a company is it? Um, we are developing and building um, diesel fuel systems mm -hmm. and injectors. Mm -hmm. Um, for yeah. what kind of um, for <laughs> for ships? Okay. Really? Okay. <laughs> it, for ships? That is one part um, for uh, mining trucks. Mm -hmm. So um, bigger applications, um, emergency generator sets, um, something like that. Okay. Is it a big company here? Um, it is more medium enterprise okay. location. Is it an old company or is it a newer company? It is an old company. Okay. So um, it has its roots in the GDR, but it was taken over um, from the American company in the 90s. Okay. So and that's an, um, yeah worldwide company. Okay. So since it's an American company, I imagine you are speaking English quite a lot. Yes. Every day? Almost every day. Okay. So... Um, Internal, we have um, all our email and telephone communication on English mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, we have uh, Americans, we have um, English people, we have um, people from China, we have people in the Netherlands, mm -hmm. almost all over the world. Okay. So, yeah. So Every day. Yeah, common language is English. Um, internal, of course, we are talking in German. We have um, German sub-suppliers, but we have also sub-suppliers from Poland, um, from the Netherlands. Okay. Are you, <coughs> since you're working in an American company, does that give you an opportunity to travel on business? Yes, we have the opportunity to travel on business. Um, we need to, mm -hmm. of course, to um, be on site at the supplier. Um, what are their capabilities? What are the problems they have, for example? But yeah, of course, due to the pandemic, um, it was restricted. Mm -hmm. um, I'm usually traveling um, in Germany or close to Germany, like Netherlands or Poland. Okay. Um, so nothing. Um, so you are the supply manager. Yes. So. Whatever parts you need to manufacture your equipment, that's your main priority. Yes, okay. we are um, managing the supply base. So um, where do we have an opportunity to buy um, certain parts or manufacture certain parts? Mm -hmm. um, when we get the parts, um, what is the supplier performance uh, regarding on-time delivery, regarding the quality, right. um, contractual management? Um, long-term agreements, okay. these kind of things, finance, of course. Has the pandemic created difficulties in like getting supplies from your normal suppliers, or have it, has it been pretty steady? Um, actually, there have been a lot of um, challenges in the last uh, one and one and a half a year. Mm -hmm. um, the first one, besides the pandemic, um, was the Brexit, actually. Okay. So um, we have some... Um, suppliers from the UK and yeah there are um, new challenges um, handling customs mm -hmm. of course mm -hmm. and a lot of carriers are um, yeah what is um, überfordert um, yeah. you're asking the wrong guy <laughs> <laughs> you need to know um, have a lot of problems to handle the um, bigger efforts for customs and um, there are also capacity issues okay. on that end so you have longer delivery times, um, you have um, lost parcels, for example. Okay. And yeah, due to the pandemic, um, you do not have the possibility to be on site if there are some problems at the suppliers. 
we had have suppliers which are in the hotspot, so they couldn't work or the people are sick or have been in quarantine, something like that. Okay. So you do not get your parts uh, on time. So with Brexit, how does that affect... Is it mainly affecting, like, the price? What, okay, yeah, let's briefly... I don't know mm. anything about Brexit, right? Okay. But if you could tell our listeners in, like, three or four sentences... What has that done as far as like, yeah, what's the effect on your supply chain or um, your company? We have delays in deliveries. Mm -hmm. That's um, yeah, the most important part right now. So it's hard to get the products out of the UK in time. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, the lead times are... So does that mean increased. you're looking for other suppliers? In some cases, we have to, yes, Okay. actually. Okay. And at the end, um, we recognize that um, due to the bigger efforts uh, on documentation sides, of course, um, the prices will rise also. Okay. okay. Yeah. Which is going to be reflected to your customers. We try to, yes, of course. But, uh, yeah, sometimes um, we have to um, take it over because, for example, we have a contract or something like that. So... Ah, so you have um, a contract with a set price, and that price cannot... Could be okay. on the supplier side, but we can also have a contract to the customer side, and um, yeah, then we cannot um, forward the price increase to the right. customer. Okay, so you have to eat it. Yeah. It's not good. That's good. Okay. Um, that could be a reason to search for another supplier. Okay. Do you like your job? Yes, I like it. Do you see yourself working there for the rest of your career? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> I, I don't. I have to work a lot longer, so I don't know when I can go into retirement. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, in fifty years. Yeah, so it's uh, quite a long time. Okay. I do not know. No, it's it's like you said, it's a challenge. Yeah. So. Okay, we talked about English, mm. right? We talked about work. Mm. Can we talk about family? Yes, of course. Okay. So I know that you have two kids, and I wanted to—I wanted to actually. One of the reasons I specifically asked you to be a guest on our podcast is because I wanted you to share some of your experiences, like raising two young children. In this pan and working full time, going through this this pandemic crisis year that we've had, mm. um, you talk about the challenges of Brexit. Can you tell us a little bit about the challenges of being a mother of two small children and having to cope with yeah the the pandemic, but also how do you communicate that to your kids? Like what's happening in, in, in the world, like why they can't go to kindergarten or why they can't go play with their friends or, you know, something, you know, something like this. Hmm. So actually that changed in the last one and a half a year because at the beginning of the um, first wave, mm -hmm. um, I've still been in parental leave okay. with our baby girl mm -hmm. and our boy was in the child nursery okay so yeah um, pretty young so we didn't um tell him what was happening okay so everything is sort of normal he's going to nursery school yeah but then it was closed and he had to stay two months at home with me and his yeah um baby sister right <laughs> if i'm honest we told him that there is construction site everywhere Okay. Because in the first wave, um, they um, closed all the playgrounds. I don't know if you remember. I remember the playgrounds yeah, being and, closed. Yeah, um, and there are uh, everywhere there have been this um, wet and white um, construction side band. The tape. Yeah, the tape. Okay. So that ah, is why that we told him we can't go there because there's construction site. That makes sense. And... Um, so the school is under construction and the playground is under construction. Yeah, and the um, yeah kindergarten was also under construction. How did so he how did he react to that? It, he was disappointed a little bit, of mm -hmm. course, but for him it was not such bad because um, he enjoyed to stay at home <laughs> with his mother and his baby <laughs> sister at that time. Yeah. 
Yeah. He was asking for his friends a few times, but yeah, for him it was okay mm -hmm. to say, uh, no, we cannot go there because it's construction site. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Could you still, you could still take walks. Yeah. Around the block. Yeah. Right. So was he? W was it important for you that the the kids still got physical activity outside of the house? Um, it was very important because otherwise um, we were getting crazy with two young children, and um, we are lucky to have a big garden, mm -hmm. and um, we set up a trampoline um, for our boy, and um, yeah, he could um, use his power there. Okay. Um, but it was. Nevertheless, an exhausting time because the baby girl needs to be feeded. Um, you have to go with your bigger boy to the bathroom because he cannot handle it by his own right. uh, at that time. So, and there was an uncertainty um, if I can start working in the summer again okay. because we were not sure if our baby girl was allowed to go to the day nursery in this pandemic. Right. Um, yeah. We have been lucky because it um, relaxed in the summer. So um, she went to the same uh, day nursery as her brother mm -hmm. and they joined one group. Okay. Or the same group. And that was uh, easier for her to fit in there because I was not allowed to um, um, to go in with her for the first time to acclimize her ah, okay so that's right normally a parent will go in for a couple of hours and watch yeah and weeks and watch and that's right. um, and you weren't allowed to do that uh, only half an hour with mask and only for a few days okay and then she had to stay there okay. but um, yeah she has her big brother on the hand so it was easier for me and yeah. for her I guess so they were in the same group yes okay so having him there ooh, that's it that's so lucky yeah that yeah. was really good. So and they joined um, for fifth, four or five months together, mm -hmm. and then he uh, went up to the kindergarten because then he became three. Okay. And then he was in another group. Okay. So when your when your daughter went into the nursery school, you went back to work. Yes, in summer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Last year. Was that good? Yes, it was a relief. <laughs> Time on my own. Um, using my brain, talking to adults mm -hmm. um, about other topics than diapers and <laughs> <laughs> feeding. No, it's, I mean, okay, as a mother, like, it's mentally challenging, right? I mean, like, you, the, the, the kindergartens are closed, the nurseries are closed, Yeah. right? You're at home coping. I mean, of course, you love your kids. But it's also a nice thing about Germany that there is a, and there's an institution, there's an establishment that, you know, you can you can take your kids to nursery yeah. school to kindergarten. Then you you and then you can go ahead and like, if you want to go back to your job or you, if you're going to stay home, whatever whatever you decide to do, right? It's it's a bonus. Mm. Uh, how did that make you feel? Like, was it you came out of it? I mean, you're a fighter, you're an athlete, you're a competitor. Like, you're smart. Were you proud of yourself, like, personally, like, after you accomplished this difficult time? I don't know if you can say you are proud on, or, yeah, you're proud on this, because, yeah, it was a challenge, but I think there are other people who have to deal with bigger challenges. Right. So... Yeah. Um, for me, or like if you lived in an apartment, <laughs> yeah, for example, and you <laughs> yeah. do not have a garden, right? Or yeah, and or you do not have work to go after right. you gave your kids to right. the kindergarten. Of so course. that's yeah, I don't know how to, to say it. It was okay, and mm -hmm. I, it was a relief um, that we had the opportunity um, to give our kids in emergency child care okay so let's talk about that care. so yeah. what does that mean we were talking about that before we went live yeah uh, how did you qualify for that um, you need to be occupied in a um, specific area uh, which needs to be um, covered 
for the general public. An essential worker. Is that right? Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. There are so many topics to. So I'm like, not. I'm not the person um, who's qualified to the emergency childcare. It's my my partner. Right. So, like my friends who worked at IDT, or they worked at Bayer, or they worked in the pharmaceutical yeah, industry. Yeah, or in the hospital, something they, like that. They're yeah. qualified. Yeah, yeah, they are qualified. Healthcare workers. Yeah. Pharmaceutical employees, yeah. and. They were so happy to take their kid back to yeah. kindergarten so they could go to work. I mean, they were still like... It's not um, just that you can go to work. For me, it was more the relief that I know that my children have the opportunity to play with their own, mm -hmm. to have a day-to-day -day routine, um, just a normal life. Right. So when your son came home and he said, Mom, like, everything looks the same. I don't think they renovated anything. What did you say? <laughs> he didn't ask me what they have done uh, during the construction. But actually, um, they've done contract, uh, oh, they construction did. Okay. in the kindergarten. So, um, so I was out. not a liar on that point. It worked out for you. Yeah, it, okay. it worked out. Um, First, it was hard for him to go back because he had this um, new situation in the mm -hmm. kindergarten, a new group, mm -hmm. only a few weeks um, spending there. Then it was Christmas time and um, the institution was closed again and okay. he stayed at home almost one month. Mm -hmm. So everything was new again for him. Right. But um, yeah, then he finds his place uh, in the group and you can really recognize how good it is for the kids to play with each other, um, how much they learn from each other, mm -hmm. um, which uh, possibilities they have in this institution to be creative, to build something, to do handiwork, uh, yeah, to just um, develop yeah. in their own character. I think the kindergarten teachers, of course, they are essential workers, but they are, yeah, they're important. They're so important, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Just the sociali socialization. Mm -hmm. The socialization. Um, yeah, for the, for the kids, it's the most important. And mm -hmm. I think that is the uh, um, biggest restriction we have in the general public um, suffering from this pandemic. Okay. Interesting. Okay, so after Christmas, the kindergartens didn't stay open. Were there other gaps where they were closed again and they opened back up, or there was a, there was a quarantine? Because I remember reading in the in the uh, MZ, mm -hmm. like you so know, lo local newspaper, local <laughs> newspaper. You know, outbreak at kindergarten, outbreak at kindergarten, outbreak at kindergarten. It just seemed like kindergartens were being hit. Classes would be sent home. Yeah. Uh, kindergartens being closed. So was there that for your kids after Christmas? Um, so it was just closed over the holidays, and then they switched again to the emergency childcare. Okay. And we needed to um, apply again. Okay. So and that took. Uh, two weeks so at the end of January they've been in emergency childcare again uh -huh. but then a few weeks after that um, the group of our boy have been hit with the corona um, positive case yeah positive case okay so he had uh, well he was sent home and we needed to stay at home also with our daughter of course and um, our boy had to be tested how's that um, it was okay. We just okay. told him um, he has to go with his father and uh, has to be look at his father that he do not have uh, fears. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was taking care of his father. And okay. um, was very proud um, yeah. to do that and to tell him he hasn't to be afraid. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really cute. For and kids that age, how are they testing? Like in the nose or the in mouth? In the nose. Okay. It was just in the nose. And um, I explained it before to him that they will use like a Q-tip for, mm -hmm. for the ears in, in his nose. Okay. And that was okay for him. And he, okay. he did it well and he was negative. And we had to stay in quarantine for 10 days at least. Okay. So now yeah. you're back home. Yes. That, that, that was in the beginning of, of last 
this year. Yeah, but like, okay, so let's talk about like, is it was it easy for you to, because you got to get that 10 days, but you're doing home office, right, basically? Um, yes, but it is not possible with two small children. Okay. I cannot work when they are um, with me in the same room. Okay. I have to look at the baby girl. I... Uh, yeah, I have to look at him when he needs to go to the bathroom. Um, right. They are uh, not there. Um, what is this? It is loud when small people are playing with of each course. other. <laughs> <laughs> you ca cannot have a, a conference call or something like that. So when the kids, okay, when the kids were at kindergarten, like now people have shifted to home office, and mm -hmm. I think in some instances in the work flow mm. it's also productive is that something that you see in the in the future is there a way for you to take one day off and come home or two mm. days off in a week and, and do from home office with the kids in kindergarten uh, in my occupation it is um an opportunity to have one or two days in home office okay. um to be yeah or to use it for more productive work for example um i don't know making a presentation or working something through, mm -hmm. uh, like a contract or something like okay. that, um, so that you are not disrupted um, from telephone calls or people um, coming in yeah, like, coming hey, to your hey, office. Yeah. And um, yeah, okay. but um, for the usual work, um, it is very important for me mm -hmm. by myself um, to get into contact with the other team members right. and um, being in the office have the better equipment uh, over there, um, going down into the production to check on something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. I really enjoy to go into the office. Yeah. yeah. I, since <laughs> I have a space now, I, I come here every day. Yeah. <laughs> but one up to two days, um, yeah, makes sense. Okay. Definitely makes sense. Do you think, as do you see the light at the end of the tunnel with this pandemic? Yes. Okay. I feel so. Are you optimistic? Yes, okay. I am, because you can, yeah, you can, um, you can feel that with the summer um, restrictions and guidelines are relaxing. Mm -hmm. um, we have the opportunity to get vaccinated. Um, I think we are happy to live in a time and uh, in a location where vaccines are um, provided to the general public. Okay. At the end. Okay. When do you think Germany will be fully vaccinated, if you had a guess? I'm not sure if we will be fully vaccinated because there are a lot of people who will not do it, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, end of the year, I think the people who are willing to do it will have the opportunity. Okay. It's yeah. a guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think so, too. I want to be vaccinated because I want to be able to go home to see my family. That's the main priority. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's the only solution to get back to a normal life mm -hmm. where you can hug each other, where you can be together with your beloved ones uh, without counting how many people in the room. Right. Are masks here to stay in Germany or no? I don't know. I think people are looking forward to leave their mask at home. Okay. I think. I don't know if it is um, um, opportunity to still use them for grocery shopping, for example. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't hurt somebody. Uh -huh. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I will never put it back on. <laughs> <laughs> I do so unless I have to, right? Yeah. Unless I have to. Yeah. The, the biggest challenge is not to forget it at home or in the car. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I read the other day that now, like in Germany, there's mask disposal has become a problem, right? Yeah. I don't know if these. I don't know how environmentally friendly these masks are. Yeah. If they can be recycled. I don't know. I will enjoy not using it anymore, of okay. course. <laughs> well. The last topic that I want to ask you about, and this is something when, uh, this is a year and a half ago, you got into foiling. Yes. <laughs> How do you know? Uh, I, I just know. 
Like I said earlier, you're, you're very athletic. Yeah. Right? And when did you discover this new sport of foiling? Because it's not, can you explain to our listeners who may not know what it is? It's different than surfing. Yes, it is. Um, there, there are different ways. I don't know. The most people might know it from from sailing. Okay. Because foils are um, more common or become more common in sailing as well. So, uh, for example, in the America's Cup, mm-hmm. the big boats, mm-hmm. you have foilers, um, or you had foilers this year. So, if you um, gain a certain speed, um, the boat will come up out of the water right. and just um, flying over the water on foils. So the foil is like an um, airplane wing under the water. It's mm-hmm. um, a good way to describe yeah, it. Uh, yeah, pumped up by the by the pressure difference mm-hmm. under the water uh, and um, um, restricting the... Udina is using Google Translate because resistance. Yeah. It's so ah, easy. resistance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, if you come up on the foil with the boat, um, it's um, reducing the resistance in the water, and you're becoming faster. Okay. Even faster. Even faster. Yeah. So, and the same um, scheme is used in um, surfing right now. So mm-hmm. you're on your surfboard, you're gaining speed, and then the surfboard comes out with you on it. Flying over the water and only the foil is underwater, created by the pressure difference. It's pumping you up. Okay. Is there a standard height between the foil and the board? Uh, It's not a standard. There are um, different possibilities. For example, a mast of 65 centimeters up to 80 or 90 centimeters. Mm -hmm. So when you're... You jump on the board, you immediately start applying pressure. Yeah, there is this pumping, uh, the pump foiling. Okay. If you start from from a dock or something like that, um, you need to gain speed with um, running with the board mm-hmm. and then jumping on it. Mm-hmm. Um, give pressure, and then you get the um, pressure back. Okay. From the foil from the water. Right. Pumping up. Uh-huh. And um, before it um, reaches with the surface, you need to put it down again. Okay. And with this. Um, movement you can what part of the body are you working the most i think it's um the legs okay so do you need to have strong quads yeah thighs shins squats so your quads yeah okay the back like yeah okay this part yeah now i know that you went to berlin as a birthday present or a gift card or something, and this is where you did your foiling for the first time. Yes, actually, with a company. it was um, first. It was um, just surfing okay. on the on the second wave behind a boat. Surfing with a like a like you're being pulled. Um, first you are being pulled after the boat. And then you let go, and, and you yeah, then you let it go, and then you're just surfing like wave surfing. Right. So I started with that, mm-hmm. and um, after that course, um, the uh, instructor told mm-hmm. me, "Hey, I have something new. Uh, I would like to show you because I um, oh, so sense that you have a special feeling for surfing and water sports." Okay. And then he showed me this foiling, um, pump that, foiling thing. Was that the first time you'd seen it? Yes. Oh. So cool. So I got there. Okay. So and then after that, um, we we googled it and we find a lot of um, interesting videos on on Facebook, and yeah, so we we got into it. Okay. Yeah. And are you are you getting better at it now? Like I I know you have one. Yes. At home, is it? And I know you live near the river. Is it difficult to practice in the river because the river, the current is not that fast? Um, I'm not doing it in the river. I'm just doing it in the port. So there is no current in, in, in the port. Okay. Um, it's a pretty good location to uh-huh. practice it. Safe. Um, yes, but it's kind of cold. <laughs> I, okay. I've been there uh, in the port um two or three weeks ago when mm-hmm. the temperature was uh, almost 25 degrees that was on a Sunday. Uh, outside the yeah, water. I remember that. But um, the water was still cold. You have a bodysuit, right? Yes. Okay. 
I use that. Okay. But th that was the first time in this year. So last year, um, the last time I went into the water was end of October. Okay. But that was okay. And yes, uh, yes, you you see an um, a development very fast. Okay. I think. Are you trying to sort of come up with a, a better way to eject yourself out onto the water with the board? Yes, we've um, tried like a bungee. Uh huh. So, but um, like a spring, like ding ding ding. Yes, but okay. it's um, yeah. You you have to set up it, and then you um, need to put it down Take again. It down, yeah. yeah, that's it's a lot of time okay. you know, and effort to okay. to use it. Okay. But that is one possibility. And if you got a board with more volume, you can um, also pull behind the boat. Mm -hmm. So that is the thing we like to try in the summer with a new board. Okay, so you would start. And then the speed would bring you up. Yeah, like wakeboarding. Okay, and then yeah. you let go, and then you already have the momentum. Yeah, or you use uh, the wake after the boat. Okay. You can use it also. Without the rope? Yes. So okay. you use the rope to uh, get pulled out of the water, mm -hmm. and then you can use the wakes okay. to, to serve on them on the foil. Okay. And um, you can wake sieve. What's it called? Wake sieving. Cool. So pumping from one wake from one boat to the other, uh -huh. and then thief the wave, like stealing the wave. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, and you okay, okay, it I got to, it. Okay. to get relaxed and to, to get more power, and then you can pump up again. Okay. So what is your longest ride so far? Oh, it's not so long. 30 seconds? Mm, not even close. A minute? Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> 15 to 20 seconds. Okay. <laughs> yeah, th th there are not so much time to practice. Yeah, Besides of course. Besides work and, and Dude, kids. work, two kids, pandemic, yeah. like <laughs> winter. Yeah, winter. <laughs> no, but I mean, this summer with, you know, the the, the weather is going to get hot, of course, yeah. in the uh, next couple of weeks. So I'm sure you'll be out there on, where can we catch you on your foiling? Uh, can we catch you in the port? Yes. Okay. That's cool. I can't wait because I ride my bike by there every day. Not every day, but, you know, every weekend. Yeah. Um, so I'll be looking for you down there, like pumping on your foil that's so cool <laughs> yeah yeah cool can do that well thank you so much for coming in i think that's a good way to end it on an, act, an outdoor activity that you know everybody wants to get back outdoors now right so yes. like it's good so if you're anyone out there listening it's called foiling foiling yeah yeah and it's a great sport it's you have to have it's high endurance you know, 15 second rides. <laughs> <laughs> how many, like, how many hours can you, okay, last question. How many hours can you foil before, like, comfortably before you, like, exhaust it? Can you go an hour? An hour, yeah, but it's not foiling all the time. It's jump from the dock, mm -hmm. foil a few seconds, fall into the water. Have you got Coming that? back to the dock, so, and that's, yeah, okay. almost an hour. Have, you got, have you got that technique down, like? jumping f onto the foil holding it running i mean that that would be the most difficult part i think yeah just that, that, that's that not technique. my problem anymore so okay. the, the starting the dog start is not the problem anymore okay it's more to get the feeling for the movement for the continuous okay. pumping okay so to get that technique okay. um developed yeah get that down yeah cool that's so cool did any of your other friends in town doing this sport Mm, not yet. Are you so the first person in Dessau to have a foil? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Uh, no, no, I've seen somebody wing foiling. So it was like it's like a um, windsurf board. Okay. So with like the, yeah, ah. like a, like a wind, wing for, for like a sail. Yeah, yeah. And then doing it um, okay. on, on, on a sea, that's, on a lake. That's, che that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, the wind, that wind would carry you. Yeah. I mean, you still have to pump yeah. a little bit getting the wind, right? That, but then that is like, another possibility okay. to do that. But it's uh, even more equipment mm -hmm. uh, you have to handle, you have to carry along right. with you. So okay. um, I will stay with the pump foiling. Okay. I think it's a better choice right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Undina. 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 <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. Uh, perfect. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Enlingua Podcast, live from Dessau. We hope you stay tuned for more episodes.